Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition to The Point Podcast. Hope you guys all are having a great day. Um, I had a great episode last night just talking about a lot of the topics around the NHL. Um, tonight, I'm going to bounce around a little bit. Some NHL news, of course. I'm going to talk about some NBA, which I haven't talked a lot about yet in the podcast. But um, actually, I watched quite a few games last night just with the Toronto-Edmonton game being really a snooze fest. And uh, I have a lot of uh, opinions on that game. I'm just reading up about it after the game and what I have to say about that. But I talked some NBA and then also some news around the NFL when it comes to Dwayne Haskins, when it comes to um, the sixth uh, head coaching vacancy being taken up uh, by the uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles today. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of sports here tonight, and um, I'm gonna start off by talking about the Washington Capitals. Um, it was right before it was during actually puck puck drop last night between the Toronto and Edmonton game. It was uh, Pierre LeBrun tweeted out of TSN that four Washington Capitals players were being uh, put into quarantine and that the team was fined $100,000 for breaking protocol. Now, what these four players did, and they all happened to be Russians, it was Dmitry Orlov, uh, you got Samson, Ilya Sansonov, Ovechkin, and uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov. So what these four players did is that they fraternized in one hotel room. I guess it's a rule that you can't this year that you can't go into each other's hotel rooms. I don't know if that's due to contact tracing or what have you, but you can't go into each other's hotel room. So they have to go into quarantine for four games. Now they can't play. And the team is obviously going to have to pivot. Um, they're losing Ovechkin, one of the best players in the world. Kuznetsov, their second line center. They're Ilya Samsonov, their starting goaltender. So they had to recall Craig Anderson from the taxi squad today. And then Orloff is a, as a top four defenseman. So it's a big loss for four games in the 56 game season. And I have two real main points here. Um, I think the NHL is sending a message with a hundred thousand dollar fine. These players having to sit out, but I think it's complete bullshit to be honest with you. Um, just think of this, these players, their teammates, they're traveling together on planes. They're sitting next to each other in the locker room. They're sitting next to each other on the bench, yet they can't go into each other's hotel room. It, it, it makes no sense. It's the NHL. It's the NHL covering their covering their ass, but what are you covering? You decide to play four players getting getting together in a hotel room. What's the difference between that and sitting next to each other on the bench, which Ovechkin and Kuznetsov do because they're on the same line? What's the difference? There's none. If... If you have teams that are going to sit there two to three days between games, which Washington is, they played Tuesday against Pittsburgh. They don't play till Friday against Buffalo. You really expect nothing. They can't go play a game of cards. I just think that's a ridiculous rule. Um, and I think they're trying to vilify these four players. And one big point I think the NHL is making here is they're vilifying Alex Ovechkin. I think they're barking up the wrong tree. I think, uh, the NHL community has tried to do this for years. It's this Crosby Ovechkin debate where Crosby's this golden boy. He's, you know, he's Canada's sweetheart. He's Sidney Crosby. And Sidney Crosby's a great player. And so is Alex Ovechkin. But they've tried to make him this guy who's this selfish player who only wants to go to the world championships. He never had any desire at winning a Stanley Cup. Well, guess what? He won one. And now they're still trying to bury him. And it bothers me. And, and I'll be upfront. Alex Ovechkin is one of my favorite hockey players that's ever laced them up. Sidney Crosby isn't. 
So that that's just my upfront. I, I, I have respect for Sidney Crosby. He's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. He's a better player than Alex Ovechkin. But I just think this is ridiculous. You can sit next to each other on a bench, but you can't go to each other's hotel room and play cards or whatever the hell they're doing. Whether they're having vodka, they're doing – it's an off day. I, The NHL is biting off more than they can chew right now. And I, they're screwing over a team that I have winning the East – and they're screwing over a team that I just, I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I, if, if you're next to, each, next to each other on the bench, what's the difference if they go to each other's hotel room? You're just going to sit in your hotel room by yourself. You go to practice, go back there, and you sit in there for 18 hours. We don't have to do that. As people, we're in red right now. We can still go to stores. We're still going to work. They can't even, they can't do that. I mean, practice, if you think it practices an hour, two hours a day, we're at work for eight to some people longer, 10, 12 hour days. Then you go home to sleep. If you're there in the afternoon and say you go eat meals together. I mean, it, it, this, this is just a stupid issue to me. It's a non-issue. And I think it's, it's, it's just ridiculous to me that they're trying to vilify these players for doing something that I guarantee was happening across the league. I don't, I don't buy that every team is not having uh, other players sneak into their hotel room and at least they can um, have a glass of wine together, have a beer, whatever, play friggin' Xbox. You're telling me players aren't having women sneak in on their little, on Tinder around the league. I'm not buying that. And I think if you are, you're naive as hell. So that's more of a risk. You're with your teammates. You're in the same bubble. If you have outside outside people coming in, that's more of a risk. It's a public person. And I, I just, this, this issue is, I think it's just so clear NHL. You know, I, I don't like to make it an Ovechkin-Crosby issue, but I'm going to slightly here because I don't, this, if this was the Pittsburgh Penguins, we would not hear about the story. And I mean that a hundred percent because Alex Ovechkin's this Russian selfish player and Sidney Crosby's the great Canadian boy, Sid, the kid, we love him. But you're telling me Pittsburgh isn't doing this when they're on the road. I, it sure looked like they might have had a couple drinks when they're playing Philly. Cause they stunk up the joint. I don't know. This probably this, Alex Ovechkin had to apologize for this. He had to, he had to apologize for this. Are you kidding me? I tell him to shove it. But I don't know. 2021, 2020, these stupid rules. Um, it's, something, it's something to watch, but I just think this is, it's a ridiculous double standard where you're asking players to sit on a bench together. If it's not safe to sit on a bench together, then if you're saying you can't go to a hotel room together, that's not safe as teammates. You shouldn't be sitting on a bench together. Then you can't have it both ways NHL. And it's just ridiculous to me. You know, as a public, we like to think we have the same rights as everybody else, which for the most part we do. But when it comes to athletes in this situation, they're going to get rights. They're playing sports right now. We can't go to rinks. We can't go work out, whatever. They can go sit in a hotel room because that's what nobody else is at the damn hotel. So, 
I don't know. This I read it last night and it pissed me off from jump. And you know, it's clearly still is here tonight that that you're gonna penalize these guys for just being men and trying to being men and women. I think it wouldn't matter what sex you just like you're trying to kill time in the day. You can only watch so much goddamn Netflix. Like, come on. But yeah, that so they're out four games. They're gonna have to make some moves here, call up some players, and we'll see what happens. But uh, that's what's happening with the Washington Capitals. Last night, first game of the night was Toronto Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton at Toronto. Sorry, first of two meet, two uh, meetings this week. Um, if you watch the game, it was a real snooze fest. I'll tell you that it was one of the ugliest games I've watched this year. I thought the hockey's been great so far. Last night's game was terrible. That's it was it was god awful. I mean, and uh, you know I. I read stuff after the end I shouldn't because, as, as I've said in this podcast, 95% of the games I watch without sound. Last night I didn't watch with sound. Um, so I watched the game. I didn't need the media to tell me the game sucked. Uh, you know, I, I didn't need, you know, whoever called it, Craig Simpson, and, you know, those people that tell me this game is just a dud. And what I read after the game, because, you know, I read The Athletic, and normally it's a pretty good spot, but there's certain – places around the league where it's such a homer you know they get these writers and they they puff up teams and of course you know toronto is one of those spots i mean that's it's gonna happen i i've i have minnesota i'm not even gonna pick on toronto here minnesota michael russo writes the athletic and he only really writes good pieces about minnesota so i'm not just picking on toronto but when you have the most media and you don't really deserve the attention i'm gonna point that out because that's just me as a person i don't prop up people that don't deserve it and so last night, Toronto and Edmonton too, two big media markets. They talk about how these teams are starting to adapt their defensive play, their back check. These guys are the back pressure that these guys have tonight is so impressive. What? I'm going to need to get a new TV. Um, I didn't see that. I saw Edmonton not be able to just connect on a tape to tape pass hardly all night. I don't care if it's Drysaddle, McDavid, or a bum on the third line. They couldn't do anything. Toronto scored one goal, and it's because Koskinen couldn't hug his post. Was what another one of the ugliest goals I've seen this year that he lets in. Just a stinker because that's Koskinen. But to say that this was a defensive effort from both teams and is a step in the right direction. No, no, hell no. Playoffs, I mean, this was just, this was a charade by the media trying to sell it to, last night there was, Edmonton won the game, but both teams were losers last night because they played god-awful. And, you know, I, it just, it's so baffling to me that you just, they can write that, and it's, it's wrong, you know, and it, people eat it up. Because now they're saying all these media guys, well, you know, Toronto's playing great defensively. Edmonton's playing great defensively. Dave Tippett's really bought, got his team bought in tonight. I read that on Twitter during the game. I said, bought into what? Not completing a pass? Can't break out of your zone? Connor McDavid looking like Connor McDavid was worse than Austin Matthews last night, point blank. I think Matthews has been great to start this year. When it comes to starting a season, I know he scored four goals in one game, but to start a season, I don't think he's played better. And he's only scored two goals in five games. 
but I think he's played great so far this year. He's been involved in every game. I can't say that in the past. There are times in the past where Matthews would go five games and I wouldn't know he would addressed because he's just doing his little drive-bys. That's not, that's not him anymore. He's changed his game and credit to him. Connor, on the other hand, has really looked pedestrian to start this year. He had the one great game against uh, Vancouver, second night of the season, a week ago today. Since then, he's been average at best. So is Dreisaitl. They got Smith on IR. Their defensive course sucks. They got Clefbaum out for the year. But to say last night's game was the defensive stalwart between two really terrible defensive teams is just idiotic. And the fact that that's written and that's accepted by a large majority, and I'm not just saying this to pick on, it is because people buy into it and they'll say, well, it, we lost a 3-1 game. Or Edmonton, we won a 3-1 game. We 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 buckered down. You know, we we hunkered down defensively. We we played hard. Okay. Well, hunker down defensively when you can actually complete a pass out of your zone. I don't I don't know. But it's I shouldn't I I like to read stuff because I like to get information. I see these pieces and I'm like, I have to read this so I can bring it up in the podcast because it's just bullshit. And it's, it's ridiculous. You know, it, you know, last night's game had two losers because it was a really ugly game and I switched the channel. I watched the first period in five minutes and I switched to the Sixers, uh, Boston Celtics game. That was a good game. Really good. The hockey game was, Oh God. It's unwatchable for large periods of time. Put on the half screen and I'm like, what is this? And referees, too, didn't help the game last night. I thought the, the penalty called on Toronto that gave Edmonton the game-winning goal in the power play wasn't a penalty. Uh, Marner got called for a hold. Uh, that was a phantom hold. I don't know how that one got called. Um, but, you know, they play again tomorrow. And I'll, I'll say this. I thought it was going to be a 6-5 last night. I said that last night in the podcast. I, I was wrong there. But. Hopefully, uh, for these two really skilled teams, we can see some some skill tomorrow because we didn't see any last night. That was just a, a ugly, ugly game. Um, one of the nightcaps uh, last night was uh, Montreal at Vancouver. Now, this game was not a stinker. It was a crazy back and forth. Vancouver had one goal lead four different times in this game, and Montreal battled back to tie it up all four times. Um. And really, Montreal lost the game, but they're 2-0-2 to start the year. They play their fifth game tonight against Vancouver again. And, you know, they lost the game 6-5. You know, in previous years, I mean, Carey Price lets in six goals. That's not going to happen every night. Um, I like the way they're they're built. You know, a huge addition, two huge additions. Uh, Josh Anderson, I think he said, uh, you guys know I love him. Last night was Tyler Toffoli. He's had a great start to the area, two assists on opening night against Toronto. Hat trick last night in his return to Vancouver. He's playing with Nick Suzuki. They got a lot of chemistry there. Um, Alexander Romanov's taking great steps. Brendan Gallagher was chipping in last night. They don't have a superstar. That's one thing that worries me, but they have a, a lineup of a bunch of workers that aren't afraid to get their nose dirty and play the way you need to to win. And that's something that a lot of teams just aren't willing to do. And Montreal is, they know they're not built with skill, with speed. They're going to win games because they outwork you. They get to those dirty areas and they have one of the best goaltenders in the world. And 
you know, Vancouver responded well last night too. Um, you know, obviously giving up a four goal lead twice, but guess what? They won the game in, in the gimmick, you know, went to a gimmick, they won. So credit to them. Um, Brayden Holtby didn't have his greatest start, but defensively Vancouver, I think they have mixed returns so far this year. Uh, mixed results, you know, it's Quinn Hughes without Chris Tanev. That worries me long-term. Uh, Travis Hamannick to start this year has been an absolute disaster for Vancouver. I mean, two goals last night were directly his fault. Quinn Hughes would take the man on the boards. Hamannick came over from his side and tried to help for whatever, leaving a man wide open in front. And guess what? It led to goals both times. And I don't love that. I think their goaltending can stabilize. I like Holpe. I don't think he's as good as, as he was when he won the cup in Washington. But their biggest thing is their power play. It's spark last night. They got three power play goals. Getting JT Miller back in the lineup is paramount for them. He provides them a lot of offense. He's a great passer. Him and Pedersen have a lot of chemistry in the power play. So I like Vancouver, what they're doing a little a little bit here. I still think they're gonna they're gonna hurt in the long run because they don't have the Tanevs, the even the Troy Stetcher is better than uh, Hamnick right now. He's just a mess. I mean, they got to hope that he can turn it around um, and get Jordy Ben back in the lineup. But, um, you know, a really entertaining game last night. Um, like I said, they play again tonight at 1030. So that'll be another fun game to watch. But I, um, like, so far, the Canadian division has been interesting. I don't think a team has really separated themselves from the pack, which I don't suspect it will happen all year until the very end, really. Um, Toronto, Toronto had a, Toronto's had an okay start. Uh, Montreal's had a okay to pretty good start. Edmonton's had a less than great start. Vancouver, eh, start. Calgary's looked very good. Um, Calgary's been great. Um, so maybe I'd say Calgary's had the best start losing to Winnipeg in overtime, then beating Vancouver twice. I think they've been good. Um, you got Winnipeg who I think have been okay to start. Uh, they've only played three games and then, you know, Ottawa, they play hard. That's, you know, they shouldn't do great things in this division, but they're going to give you a, they're going to give you a, a tough out every night. So, um, it's coming out how I see the division. I don't have, I'm going to do, I'm doing a show with uh, my friend Casey Ward tomorrow here on the podcast. And we're going to do our power rankings for, for this Canadian division so far. And I'm going to save my, my list for, for then, but um, yeah, no team is really stacked above the rest right now. Also last night, we saw the Vegas golden Knights improve to four and oh, they beat Arizona for the second time this week. They um, Vegas looks good. You know, they made it to the conference final last year. They probably should have beat Dallas. They were a little beat up at the end. I think their goal scoring dried up against them, against Vancouver, and that carried over to the series against Dallas and Anton Hudobin really, uh, you know, he was their the biggest, the wall in front of them, and they couldn't get by him. But, you know, the biggest thing for Vegas this year is they're getting help, a lot of help from the back end. Start the year, we've seen Zach Whitecloud score a goal, Shea Theodore potted two last night. Uh, Alex Petrangelo scored his first goal as a golden knight last night. So they win 5-2. They get three goals from the point. You know, you're going to win a lot of nights when you're getting that kind of production. And they you know, they have some scores. I mentioned Theodore Martinez is a guy who can contribute offensively. Um, 
I like obviously Petrangelo is a is a great defenseman you can add offense to. So Vegas, you know, they're a team that's right up against the cap, but they got a team, they got a well-built team. They got one of the better goalie tandems in the NHL with Robin Leonard and, and Marc Andre Fleury. But yeah, I I for for Arizona, um, I think they've had an okay start. They've had a tough schedule. You know, they've had to play some tough teams here. Uh, San Jose's had a better start to the year than I thought they would. You know, they've been a tough out for some teams. They beat St. Louis last night in, in the gimmick. Um, but, you know, Arizona's getting production from a, a lot of different places. Obviously, Garland's had a good start. Phil Kessel got his fourth goal of the season last night. So he continues to play games, continues to um, have production for, for, the, um, for, for the Arizona Coyotes. But, you know, if they can get some – Darcy Kemper's had a shaky start, but a lot of goaltenders have. Once they get that stable goaltending, I still think in this division, Arizona will be able to work their way into a playoff spot just with – they can get a step from Barrett Hayton, get some more production from Clayton Keller, guys like that in the lineup. I think um, we'll see we'll see what they really have. But I like I, I like both these teams. I really, I really like Vegas, obviously. I mean, it's really impossible not to like them. Um, you know, them in Colorado – when they play each other for the first time, that'll be a must-watch series for me, uh, just to see how they bounce off each other. They almost met in the conference final last year if Dallas hadn't beat Colorado. So these two teams, uh, these two teams are both really good to start the year, um, and it'll be interesting to see what what they both bring to the table um, as the season progresses. Tomorrow night, we're over a week into this season. COVID has started to come up. We've seen Carolina have an outbreak this week. They've had to cancel games. Um, the first team with the original outbreak was the Dallas Stars. They had 17 players test positive before the season started, about a week before the puck drop. And they've had multiple staff members test positive, and they haven't been able to start on time, obviously. Well, tomorrow night, they'll make their season debut uh, against the Nashville Predators. But you know, that's a big deal for a lot of reasons. Every team will finally get the drop the puck, but they get to move on from this COVID issue. You know, they get to play hockey. Finally, they're going to play 56 games. Hopefully like everybody else, they plan on, on getting that into the schedule where, you know, they're going to have to play a lot of games, but Dallas as of right now will play um, 56 games. And, but I'm sure it's a good feeling for them. You know, you've been waiting, waiting a lot of them in quarantine. Um, a lot of just starting to practice. So they get on the ice tomorrow. They play Nashville twice this weekend, but what might bode well for Dallas, and this might sound counterintuitive is they've had 17 players test positive. And that's, that's terrible on the surface. Yes, I agree. But in the long run this season, it might be for the best because they've had 17 players test positive. If we go to playoff time, we're still waiting for vaccines. Like we're going to be here in Canada and, um, you know, certain teams are really worried that they have to travel and this and that. Well, Dallas has had 17 players test positive. And if you've already had COVID, if you ask me and a player that hasn't test positive, you shouldn't have to quarantine. That's you have the antibodies. So I don't know if that's how the NHL is going to work. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but that just makes sense in my brain that Dallas will be able to play games, be able to mesh, get some chemistry and play together because, you know, they don't have as big of a threat as other teams when it comes to, to COVID. Um, 
you know, players like Austin Matthews don't have to worry as much. Connor McDavid, you know, these guys have had COVID-19 already. And, you know, it might've been terrible at the time, but looking ahead, they've already had it. They don't have to worry about getting it. They don't have to, that's not as big of an issue. They've gone through that. They've gone through the quarantine. They've gone through all that, all that shit. So now they can play hockey. And I think the Dallas Stars team has to look at it that way. Look at it like, well, we got through this. You know, we, we, we all had COVID. It sucked. You know, it was two, a month of just sitting at home and getting tested and all this, you know, yada, yada, yada. Well, we're through it. Let's play hockey. Let's get it going here. We got, obviously, uh, we're coming off going to Stanley Cup final. We're in a pretty weak division. Let's go make the playoffs and see if we can catch lightning in a bottle again. And I think Dallas will likely will likely have that philosophy coming in here. Uh, I hope that they should anyway, because you have an opportunity here to to see what what you can do. And and um, you know Ben Bishop's out, but Hudobin, you're getting an opportunity to be a starting goaltender again. You know, Jamie Ben, can you have a bounce back campaign? You weren't that great in the playoffs. Can you add something offensively? Miro Heiskanen, you're a Norris Trophy candidate. What are you going to bring this year? John Klingberg, you're still an elite defenseman. What, what do you have? So I think D- Dallas has a has to look at this optimistically. Yeah, we're starting late. We're going to have to play a lot of games in a short period of time. But we can play freely and not have to worry as much about COVID as an issue compared to teams that have had you know no cases and you're just kind of waiting for it to drop on you. So – this is kind of my outlook for Dallas. I think it could be a blessing in disguise for them um, when they start up tomorrow night and, and they start playing. Um, that's really all I have for the NHL. Uh, some games to watch tonight. I think the main one for me is Boston at Philadelphia. Philadelphia's had a really hot start to the season, uh, winning three of their first four. They were dominated Monday night by Buffalo. They rebounded Tuesday with a shutout victory. Boston, like I said, they can't score goals. I want to see what they can bring tonight to the table. Can they produce offensively? Can they bring anything uh, from the likes of Bergeron, you know, Krejci, DeBrusque? They need to see some production from these players or it's going to be a long, long year for them. So that's a game I have circled. Um, I also, Colorado's playing LA tonight in a late game. I also want to, that, that game's kind of uh, on the ticker for me. I I want to see what, I haven't watched a full Colorado game yet. And, you know, they're still fun to watch. I want to see what, how McKinnon's skating, how he's playing with Rantanen and, uh, also, Bowen Byram is going to make his NHL debut tonight for the Colorado Avalanche. So, uh, fresh off the world juniors, being on their taxi squad for a while, he's going to play tonight. So, um, just to see what he what he's like in an NHL uniform, um, that's obviously going to be a fun a fun game and, and uh, a fun one to track tonight as the Colorado's in LA. So, just a few things to watch tonight for on the hockey docket. Um, but you know, last night I mentioned, uh, Edmonton, Toronto was a snooze fest and I wasn't going to sit through that for a long time. So, uh, I have a, a clicker and, um, I, I pivoted over to the NBA and you know, the NBA's really had a slow start to the year. I wouldn't say there was any huge storylines. Um, they're having closer to a, a regular season than the NHL. They're playing 72 of 82, obviously NHL playing 56 of normal 82 games but you know a team I was high on before the season I thought was the Philadelphia 76ers and you know they improved to 10 and 4 last night 
And I think they would be, they have a better record if they didn't have COVID issues. They had to play two games with seven guys on their roster. I mean, that was really criminal to the team where they were basically going to lose going in. They, they had nobody on their bench. And, you know, they, they played Boston last night in, in a great game. But, you know, for me, so far this year, the, the MVP in the NBA after, in, after about a month is uh, a little uh, close to a month now. Let's say 20, 20, uh, 21st. So be a, it was a month today, actually. So the, uh, the MVP so far in the NBA for me is uh, Joel Embiid, uh, the center for the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, he came in the league, couldn't play uh, college basketball at Kansas because he had multiple knee surgeries. He's also had some back issues. And he's at points in his career, he's looked fantastic. Um, he's also been really out of shape. He's really been an inconsistent player. To start this year, he's been dominant, just flat out. Um, he's had three games with over 40 points and uh, 10 rebounds this year. He's shooting over 50% from the field. His three-point shots improved. And last night, he was just the best player on the floor. and Nobody could guard him. They had Daniel Tice for Boston. That was really not fair for Tice to have to guard him solo the whole game. And B was grabbing offensive rebounds. He was putting balls back into the hoop. He was shooting threes. He was getting to the foul line. He went 17 for 21 from the free throw line. And for a center, that's crazy, crazy good. Shot 12 for 19 from the field. You know, finishing... 42 points, 10 rebounds in only 33 minutes, not playing a ton of minutes last night. And they, they had Joe Boston, but his 26 points a game, 11.3 rebounds for an average. He's the MVP so far. And that that's obviously, this is just such an early point in the season, but if I'm looking at it right now, I don't know who beats him. Um, people have talked about LeBron. I, I can't say LeBron's been the best player in the NBA so far this year. He hasn't really had to do a lot. I think his team is better than everybody else's. So it's tough to give an MVP award when you're on the best team. Um, I think you can, I think this is where I differentiate. You can win the MVP award and you're on the best team, but you have to have fantastic numbers. You have to be leading the pack. You know, his, his minutes per game is at an all time low, which is a good thing because he's, he's older now. He is points, assists and rebounds are, are all down from his career average. So it's tough to award an MVP to him. Giannis has been, hasn't been good to start the year. The last Friday night, Milwaukee's playing. He goes three for 13 from the free throw line. They lose by four points. I mean, you make a couple of those, you win the game. And he was just brick, brick, brick. And, you know, Paul George, I think, would be right up there with Embiid. Um, Paul George has had a really strong start to the season after taking some criticism in their playoff loss uh, last year to Denver where, you know, him and Kawhi Leonard really shrunk down in, in the big moments. So I think he, he's in that discussion for sure. But other than George and Embiid, I really don't see another guy that points to me and says MVP. Um, I think Kevin Durant, he was my pick before the season. I still, I'm not going to back off that choice. I think he will ultimately win the award, but you know, he's, he's been good to start the year, but Brooklyn hasn't been great as a team. Obviously, they've had some problems with Kyrie. They've had COVID problems. They're just starting to get James Harden into the offense. So uh, there's not a lot of key candidates yet that have really taken a huge step forward. But I think Embiid, the Sixers are playing great basketball. They were the three regulars last night, and they still beat Boston, who were though Jason Tatum. But they had Marcus Smart. They had Jalen Brown. They had Tice. They had, you know, they had a lot of their regulars too, and they, and they didn't 
they didn't win the game. They play each other tomorrow. But, you know, Boston and Philly both look like good teams. I think Philly has their best roster with uh, Embiid and Simmons. They've had teams in the past where you're like, well, they're a good team, but they're not elite. I think with Seth Curry, with Tobias Harris playing the way he is, the best basketball of his career, with Cork Moss off the bench, with, you know, no Al Horford being there, I think the Sixers can still win the East. I think it's going to be tough against Brooklyn, but I wouldn't rule out Daryl Morey trying to make us a move at the deadline or trying to improve his roster without taking away Simmons and Embiid and the nucleus of that team. So for me, Sixers have, have been a great, a great team to watch so far. I'd say the Lakers have been the best team so far this year, but I put the Sixers in the top three. I put Sixers probably two, followed closely behind by the Clippers and maybe the Utah Jazz. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of how I see having the MVP award right now through the first, uh, you know, 15 or so games of the NBA season. Um, I mentioned, you know, the Brooklyn Nets. They obviously made the, the big shift uh, trading for James Harden, getting rid of a lot of their parts and Karis LeVert and Jared Allen and Torian Prince and, you know, taking away a lot of their depth from the team, but getting James Harden from Houston. He's a, he's you know, he used to play with Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City back in their younger days. But uh, they played two games together. Uh, James Harden had a triple-double in the first game. Kevin Durant dropped 40. Second game, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks, the team that's finished first in the East the past uh, two seasons. And, you know, Durant got the game-winning three-pointer with about 20 seconds left, and then Milwaukee couldn't score uh, to tie. So they win by two. Last night, Kyrie Irving returned after missing seven games because he left after the Capitol building fiasco where he said he was dealing with personal issues, but he was on camera at a bar drinking with his sister for her birthday. And I guess if that's a personal issue, I think that's a tough one to, to, to pull out to your teammates. I was dealing with a personal issue, but nevertheless, he's been dealing with some stuff. He hasn't been with the team and now they're just starting to figure out what's going on with Kyrie Irving. Um, but last night, their first game as the three of them, and they, they lose in double overtime. Uh, the Cavaliers, uh, uh, they have Jared Allen and Torian Prince. They were part of the trade for James Harden. And I'm sure that felt good to beat, you know, James in his new uniform, obviously, uh, obviously beating Brooklyn, their former team. So, but I don't know if this big three is going to work. I think it's super intriguing. I think they're the most intriguing team in the NBA, bar none. Uh, Kevin Durant for me is, is I think he's the best player in the NBA. So obviously he's fun to watch just being seven feet, being able to guard anyone shoot from anywhere. But for me, the biggest problem last night is Kyrie Irving. And I think he'll be the biggest misnomer on this team because he's, he took too many shots. He took six more shots than James Harden. That can't happen. That just can't happen. Um, Harden Yes, Harden's a better passer than Kyrie. Kyrie's not better at anything. When it, I don't think Kyrie's better at, than James Harden at anything when it comes to the fundamentals of basketball, and I mean that wholeheartedly. I think James Harden's got as good of handles as Kyrie Irving. He can get to the hole just as good because he's a bigger physical guy. He's got a better three-point shot. He's better at making free throws. He's better at getting to the foul line. And contrary to popular belief, he's a better defender. Last year, he was a good defender. I think he's he's not great, but neither is Kyrie. I mean, he was never a great defender when he was in the finals with LeBron. So 
And obviously James Harden's a way better passer. He's averaged over 10 assists a game this past three years, and they call him a ball hog. Well, Kyrie Irving's a point guard, but he averages five assists a game. I mean, Rajon Rondo comes off the bench and he averages eight to nine a season. Kyrie Irving is not a good passer. If you have the ball, if your usage rate is in the top 10 every year and you have only have five assists, that's not good. That's not good at all because you you're shooting every time, you're driving every time, you're not looking for teammates. And James Harden's going to do that. Last night, he gave Kyrie the ball a ton and he gave him open looks and it just didn't work. But for Harden, going forward, he needs to shoot the ball more. Kevin Durant's going to get his get his shots because he can score 30 points on 10 shots if he really needs to. But for me, Kyrie Irving, he's going to have to learn to play off the ball because James Harden is the best on this team to be the point guard. Because he can find players. He's, he's a willing passer. And Kyrie Irving is just, he's better than being just there. But for this team, he's going to be that third string. He's going to be the third wheel. And the biggest thing will be if he can accept it. Will he be able to accept that role? Because if he doesn't, it will be a nightmare season for the Brooklyn Nets. Because like I said, the Sixers are there. The Celtics are, a very, are still a very competent team. Um, Milwaukee is not great, but they're not terrible either. They're still, they're still a good team. They'll have time to, to gel and mesh together. Other than that, I don't think they have any real big threats. The Raptors are not a threat this year. Indiana is not a threat after trading Oladipo. So the rest of the teams in the East are just meh. But, you know, those teams are not going to be pushovers for Brooklyn. I predicted Brooklyn will get to the finals, but the Sixers are standing in their way and they're playing really good basketball. And I just think it'll be interesting to see what Brooklyn can do here. Uh, and it could be a really short experiment for Durant and Irving in Brooklyn if it doesn't go well. Because I don't think Kevin Durant is going to sit there. And maybe he'll say, you know what? I love you, Kyrie, but I can't play with you. You're a pain in the ass. And me and James play better together, and I want to win. Because Kevin Durant took a lot of heat for going to Golden State after leaving Oklahoma City. And people didn't really give him credit for his two championships there, even though he was finals MVP both times. Well, he's got a super team here in Brooklyn. So is he going to get full credit for winning these titles? I don't know. I think it's really top. I think you, you got to now because, you know, LeBron, there's his lovers and his haters, but LeBron to win a title had to join us, had to create a super team. That's just the way the NBA now, you really don't see it often where teams just beat, you know, a, a worse team beats a better team. The one team I can really think of lately is the 2011 Dallas Mavericks. They beat the they beat the Heat. On paper, they should, never should have beaten the Heat, but Dirk Nowitzki was more clutch than LeBron James in 2011. He took him to school, and maybe you could say the 2014 Spurs. Maybe when they beat the Heat and they beat them by a record Finals margin, but the Spurs were still very good with Tim Duncan, and Tony Parker, Monte Ginobili, you know, Patty Mills, and the boys, but. It's very rare that a team that on paper in the NBA should win doesn't. The Lakers probably should have won the title last year. Guess what? They won it. The Heat maybe should have got a game off the Lakers. That's what they got. The NHL and these sports, the NFL, 
there's much more room for, for parity, for something to change, for a break. In the NBA, if you have the most talent on a team, you're likely going to win the title. And these teams that are upstarts, they may get to the finals like the Heat did, but they're not going to win. And for, for, for Brooklyn, if they can find it, I think they, they can give the Lakers a run for their money. But we'll, we'll see here. Um, a lot of basketball still left to play. Obviously, these players are going to have a ton of time to gel together, you know, gel well together and see what they can do. But um, they have the talent. So when it comes to the NBA record books and history, it points to them having success and potentially winning, winning titles together, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, the NFL today, uh, some news, the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles hired a new head coach. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but first really interesting. I mentioned this podcast a bunch of times about Dwayne Haskins. Uh, he was let go by the Washington football team. They, uh, they really had, they had enough with him. He was playing terrible football. He was inconsistent. He was a fit. He was one 15th overall first round a uh, year and a half ago. He just hasn't, he just hasn't turned out and they let him go at the before week 17. And he, he got a second chance today. He signed a one-year deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously Pittsburgh's coming off a tough playoff uh, loss where they, they stink it up against uh, Cleveland who knows what's going to happen with them long-term. Um, and it's, it's kind of up in the air for, for, uh, for, for Pittsburgh, big Ben, is he going to come back? They had Mason Rudolph there, but you know, they got, they got a, a coach that's, so they got a quarterback that's a project for sure. Uh, they're not getting Dwayne Haskins from Ohio state where he had all the confidence and you had draft analysts, saying he's going to be a great quarterback and he's not like that right now. He's going to be a project. And I don't know if this points to big Ben going away. Cause I still think he wants to come back, but you don't want Haskins as your, as your option, as your, as your starter come day one next year. If, if I'm a teammate, if I'm on that team, if I'm on the roster, I'm not excited about that. I'm worried. This is who we have Haskins. Really? So um, we'll see where Pittsburgh goes from here, but that was just a story today. It, it, they met, he, they didn't really say he'd meet, met with many other teams and they agreed to a contract. So uh, Pittsburgh's still looking to hire a new offensive coordinator after letting R Randy Fickner go. So we'll see what Mike Tomlin and the staff can do with Dwayne Haskins to, to improve him, to improve him as a quarterback and as a person and mature. Uh, but, uh, you know, Haskins gets a second chance. Uh, so, no, I have no problem with him getting a second chance. Uh, he, I don't, when it comes to, he's a young guy, he made a mistake. If, if you're not going to cut it in Pittsburgh, you can say a lot of things about Pittsburgh, but they have one of the most stable organizations in the NFL. If you don't, if it doesn't work for you there, it's not going to work for you anywhere. So this is your shot, Haskins, make the most of it. Because if you don't make it work here, I don't know if you'll get another one. Also around the NFL. There's two head coaching, two head coaching vacancies left, one in Philly and one in Houston. Well, there's only one job opening left, and that's in Houston, because Philly today hired the former Colts offensive coordinator, Nick Sirianni, to uh, to become their next head coach. He's worked Kansas City, he's worked for the Colts. He's kind of an Andy Reid disciple. He was uh, he's 39 years old. He's the offensive coordinator for the Colts last year with Phillip Rivers at quarterback. Um 
Yeah. Uh, he was not in the radar. He was kind of an off the radar hiring. Uh, I didn't see his name in, in any of the uh, reports. So this kind of caught me off guard today. I don't, again, he could be a great coach and I'm not going to degrade him. He coached with Matt Nagy, coached with Andy Reid. So he's coached with some good people. But Eric Bieniemy's coach with Andy Reid too. Why wouldn't and Eric Bieniemy get this job before Sirianni? Bieniemy's got a Super Bowl ring. Okay, he's an offensive coordinator, but he's got a he was you know Andy Reid's calling the plays, but he's still the offensive coordinator. He has input into the plays. Why is Sirianni getting this job? Well, he's white. That's when thought for me i mentioned that this week and i went off about it and it it just infuriates me and you know seeing him get hired i wish him all the best in philadelphia with carson wentz whatever the hell you want to do but there's one head coaching job left and i don't want eric Bieniemy to take that job because they didn't want to interview him in the first place taking that job is like it's like a dog getting kicked in the head by its owner and then coming inside and jumping on its lap don't dog. Don't. Don't Eric Bieniemy. Do not go back to the abusive, this abusive owner who's been a prick to you from jump. And it's it's just ridiculous to me. And like I said, is this not Nick Sirianni's fault? It's the owners. It's the old boys club. It's these white owners around the NFL who are getting away with going through a whole head coaching hiring spree here, seven jobs, and not one minority candidate gets a job in a league that's dominated by minorities. And I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And I, I don't know. I don't know what the NFL has to do. You shouldn't have to incentivize owners to hire black coaches. That's what's happening. They're offering draft capital. If you, if you hire a minority, that's ridiculous. You should hire Eric Bieniemy because he's the best candidate. And if all the coaches that were hired so far, I don't see one see one that has better credentials than him. Doug Peterson was not hired. He was fired from Philadelphia. He was not hired by anyone yet. He's won a Super Bowl. I give him that. He's a head coach winning. He's a head coach that's won a Super Bowl. Congrats. But the enemy, he's a Super Bowl winner. He's his teammates, you know, the the, the team loves him. Andy Reid can't speak highly enough of him. You know, this race issue is not going to go go away in the NFL and it's not going to go away from this podcast because it bothers me that we don't see more of it. And it's honestly, it's just bullshit. It's a corrupt system where old white men don't want to let black guys in, into their, or women too, for that instance, into their circle. And, you know, I'm going to keep bringing it up and I hope they do another shows because it needs to be said just how ridiculous this is. And I'm sorry if you're tired of it, but I'm going to bring it up, keep bringing it up because it's just my truth. And I, I, what in a world, why, why should old white, we have old white men who own all these teams, which is fine. You made your money or you inherited it, whatever, but at least grow as a person and don't be just that white old, Oh, I got to hire another white guy your whole damn life. You can improve as a person. And I don't think a lot of them do or want to or even try. And that's really sad to me. But 
NFL, be better. Roger Goodell, I can't even blame you for this because you, you're trying to incentivize these, these owners to, to do the right thing and they still won't do it when they're offered draft capital in their, in their, in their face. Just, oh, it's ridiculous. Maybe Houston will hire one, but like I said, I don't want Eric Bieniemy to go there because they didn't want to interview him in the first place. And they have an owner who's known for being racist. I'm just going to say it. So Eric Bieniemy, stay in Kansas City if that's where you have to for another year. And hopefully another year you can get a job. Hopefully. So that's really the news around, around sports. Uh, I know I'm ending on, on that fiery note, but um, we got some good hockey tonight. I mentioned the Philly Boston game. We got uh, Winnipeg, Ottawa tonight. We got Milwaukee playing the Lakers in the NBA. Uh, and we're heading into a weekend. Uh, I'm going to be doing a podcast tomorrow about the NHL season so far with, with my good buddy, Casey Ward Saturday morning, I'm doing a podcast with Adam beers. Where we're going to preview uh, the, uh, NFC and AFC championship games who we see going to the Super Bowl and some other big stories around the NFL. And um, obviously um, you want to get involved, comment, like, you know, do what you can subscribe. I'm going to keep bringing the content to you guys week after week. We have a lot of sports going here. The Australian open is going to start next month. I plan on talking about that. A big UFC pay-per-view this weekend with Conor McGregor. We'll step back into the octagon. We'll see if uh, what he's really made of here after all is, is talking and bickering. So um, a lot more coming. I appreciate the support. Um, I'm going to keep bringing the fire because I these things fire me up. So uh, let's buckle up. Let's, uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch here. But uh, have a great Thursday night, everybody, and we'll talk soon.